0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Hey, it's Jan from Toyota, reminding you that Toyota-thon is on and here to help make your holidays extra magical. How? Maybe it's driving in a Tacoma in search of the perfect hill to sled down. <laughs> Hopping from store to store in a Prius to find the perfect gift. You did it. How'd you know? Or it could be something much more simple. Like surprising loved ones in a RAV4 hybrid. You made it! Bobby! (laughs) You're all grown up! And seeing their faces light up when you pull up to their home. Stop by Toyotathon and make this holiday one to remember. It's the perfect opportunity to gather with your friends and family, both near and far. Dealer inventory may vary. Current offers on these vehicles end November 30th. Offers are subject to change throughout Toyotathon, which ends on January 3rd. See your participating Toyota dealer for details. Toyota. Let's go places. I know, I know, I know. I'm a little late, but I promise you, it's for a good reason. It's for a good reason, so y'all gonna let me pass this time. I actually brought y'all some new stuff, so y'all gonna let it slide. Don't worry, I didn't get kicked off of uh, Google and Spotify the way Karen got her ass kicked out that house by Ray to go back to Surrey, but we'll talk about that in a minute. It's your new episode of Me and You, The Housewives and Marvel 2 Potomac Roundup, but... We got a few extra things to talk about. Let's do it. Hello, hello, hello. What's up, everybody? Of course, you know who I am. This is Kendrick Tucker, the self-proclaimed season ticket holder of pop culture. And I am sitting here Recording this episode for you a day late because I took a little poll on my Instagram. For those of you that aren't following yet, I don't know why we have such a good time. Go ahead and follow me on Instagram at Housewives Marvel Podcast. And the poll results just kept going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I was asking, since there's such like so little... Reality TV on right now, and so little Marvel content. Do you guys want me to start watching The Bachelorette? At first, the numbers were overwhelmingly yes. Then the numbers were overwhelmingly no. I don't know, y'all was y'all was really feuding about this. So I was like, you know what? I think Obi convinced me. Let me go ahead and watch this. For those of you who don't know Obi, Obi uh, is like Bachelor Nation king. I've never actually sat through a season of The Bachelorette or The Bachelor, so I was super intrigued, actually. I was like, you know what? It's still, quote-unquote, quarantine. Why not give it a chance? I mean, what else do I really have to do? Plus, the people on there are obnoxiously good-looking, so I mean, it doesn't hurt to look at some good-looking people every now and then, I'm just saying. So uh, I decided... I'm gonna go ahead and check it out. So that's why you're getting this episode a little bit later than usual. I watched that. It was. <laughs> it was. I'm gonna keep watching because it actually entertained me a lot more than I thought it would. People were being petty and got their asses booted out that house. That tickled the hell out of me. Now you know I love when petty backfires. That's the best kind of petty because then you just you just sitting there like, ooh, what happened, girl? You, I thought you was. I thought you had it under control, but. That's what happened to Little Tyler C. We'll talk about Tyler C. in a minute. But first, let's go ahead and talk about some clerical items. So, this episode, I want to talk to y'all about a few things. I want to talk to you guys about, of course, the main reason why you're here, Potomac. I always talk about Potomac. It was good, another good episode. You know, Potomac really doesn't deliver a bad episode because of the way they're set up. All of their cast members deliver. They all, you know, tell about the real lives. Well, except one. But if you really watch the show, you know who that is. We won't say that. They all talk about their lives. They're all very open. And they all don't mind putting it out there. So they usually always give a good episode. This one was no exception. We'll talk about Potomac. I'm going to kind of deep dive into The Bachelorette because I I was actually entertained. I wasn't going to lie. And the fact that they did this during quarantine really kind of intrigued me. I thought I would be tired of watching stuff that dealt with quarantine because we just lived it and I don't really need to see anything else quarantine related until who 2027 2028 you know then it'd be a fine memory I guess it'd be a fine memory or just a a, a memory where I want to uh swing on somebody I don't know but anyway but there are also a few other things I want to bring up uh one we finally get some marvel content now it's not in the connected Marvel universe, but we get to finally get some new MC, not MCU, I'm sorry, not MCU, don't be confused. We get some new Marvel content to dive into. Hellstrom debuts on Hulu this upcoming Friday, I believe it's the 16th. So I'm going to be watching it and I think I'm going to start giving you a Marvel episode each week now. So I'll give you your reality TV episode, you know, your pop culture episode, which is what this usually is. And then I'll start giving you guys some Marvel content like I was doing. I was usually averaging about two episodes per week. Then it kind of dropped off because Marvel really wasn't giving us anything. We have no crumbs. You know, we've always been starving and, you know, scrapping, gasping for air. We all trying to figure out what's going on with the multiverse. So, you know, it's, it's we finally have something to talk about. I'm not too familiar with the Hellstrom comics. So I might actually binge read a lot of those tomorrow and just kind of get ready for Friday. I'm I'm always interested. So we'll see what's going on there. So I want you guys to watch along with me. We'll finally have something to talk about on the Instagram. Well, we talk about a lot on Instagram. It gets cracking on the actual page and on the DM. So y'all go ahead and follow me because y'all are messing them DMs. A lot of times I ask questions on my Instagram story and I can't post half of the responses because y'all cut up so badly. So I try to keep it to myself because I'm like, look, y'all would uh, get... Uh, Candace and Dorothy and Monique and Chris. Y'all gonna get them people sending me a cease and desist. And I don't need that. I'm still trying to make money off of this shit, okay? (laughs) So let them people alone. I'm gonna leave them alone. You leave them the hell alone too. And we'll just... Well, actually, go ahead. Hell, I don't care. I'm not friends with none of them. Y'all go ahead and mess with them. I'm gonna laugh because, you know, y'all always tickle me. So, you know, y'all do what you do. And we're gonna start watching Hellstrom. I really want to... I don't know. I, I, I See, I kind of held off asking my friend, my best friend, who is kind of a a, a comic book aficionado like myself. He, I've held off kind of asking him anything about it because I kind of want to go into it blind. But now I'm thinking I might actually read a few issues of maybe, you know, maybe see what the best runs of Hellstrom were. And I'll actually I'll research that and maybe I'll share it on the Instagram in case a few of you want to kind of deep dive into it too so you can start watching but i think i'm going to do that so let's all you know if you're a marvel fan and you've been starved for content let's all kind of watch hellstrom together because i'm i mean i'm super excited about it i hope they give us more than one episode give me at least three to start off with i'll watch those uh deep into friday night and i'll be very 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 satisfied the next thing that I wanted to do was kind of give you guys a recommendation. So I've been, you know, I, my favorite, you know, most people say that their favorite, you know, streaming services, Netflix, don't give me to twi- Don't get it twisted. I love Netflix, but I am a big HBO person. I feel like there has not been like one program that HBO has put out. That's been just horrible. I love HBO stuff, whether it's documentaries, whether it's, TV show, you know, whether it's anything, reality TV competitions, I love everything that HBO puts out. And so I randomly got on HBO Max because, you know, nowadays, if you work from home like I do, you know, I haven't worked in office since, oh boy, since March of this year, early March this year. And I've been working from home since. And I honestly, I don't expect to get back into the office until maybe spring of 2021, honestly. And so. I've been kind of, you know, just finding anything to watch. You know, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. But I recently got kind of hooked. If you like those shows like, you know, Love is Blind on Netflix and The Circle, all that stuff, check out Singletown on HBO. I think it was released in like Europe at some point, maybe even last year. But it got put on HBO Max when they launched. And I think they were doing it weekly. But I just recently sat down and binged like all 15 episodes in two days and it will, I mean, it it kept me entertained the entire time. The premise is these five couples break up and then one person from each couple gets put into a separate house. So five people total are living in each house. They're going on dates and like all this kind of stuff, but the other person gets the opportunity to see what you're doing. So, like, if you kiss someone, they're seeing it, all this kind of stuff. It sounds ridiculous, but it's actually a lot more entertaining than I thought. And I think one of the reasons I was so entertained by it is because the guys, most of the guys, there's one that's just really kind of an asshole for the sake of being an asshole. And so I really kind of, I I liked it because some of the guys were super open with their emotions and you don't see that on tv too often you know guys feel like they really have to put on these fronts and you know they're afraid to really be vulnerable but these guys were letting it known that like the stuff that their girls were doing was really hurting their feelings they were these guys were genuinely just assuming that you know uh we're going to do this little experiment and they we're going to get back together and that wasn't the case for a, i won't ruin anything It wasn't the case for everyone, though. So it's a good little watch. I mean, if you if you get bored and you like those kind of shows, like, you know, Love is Blind, The Circle, anything, The Bachelorette. (laughs) If you like those kind of shows, check it out. It's worth watching. There's one actually there's two different gay couples on the show as well. So it's not just, you know, super heteronormative. It is actually a, a good mix of couples on the show. So check it out. I mean, it kept me entertained for two days and now I got to go back to the drawing board because this brings us to our next topic before we finally get into what we're talking about. Why I'm not watching Orange County this season. Now, if you're on social media, this should not be a surprise to you. You know that a lot of people, especially pages, fan accounts, podcasters, YouTube channels, that are run by minorities, black people, uh, Asian, you know, different minority communities, but also a lot of the, uh, you know, the allies are honestly not really feeling Kelly Dodd. And that is with good reason. Kelly Dodd has been problematic since she joined the show. Let's not get it twisted, but I will admit, I'm not afraid to admit this publicly. I was a Kelly Dodd, fan, like a super fan when she first joined the show, not, you know, uh, back then she wasn't doing like all this uh, extra that she's doing online. Now I liked her because she was really getting on under the other lady's skin. And I, at that time kind of felt like they needed the reality check that she was giving out. And so her brand of harshness was kind of my choice of TV but now Kelly Dodd is problematic. Her rhetoric is dangerous. Everything about her is just irksome. She got married on the same day as Cynthia Bailey. And nobody even acknowledged Kelly getting married. Like it's it's just at this point, And it's really kind of sad because Bravo has done nothing to actually acknowledge the way that the Bravo-holic community is actually feeling. It's really problemsome. So I've kind of taken a stance along with a lot of other people. I I, I can't watch OC this season, which is really sad because I know that Bronwyn is going on this journey. Bronwyn will probably be the only reason I actually tuned in. I'm not a Shannon fan. Uh, Emily and Gina, I can take or leave them. I can't remember who else is on that show. There's a new girl. I think Emily Vargas, uh, Kelly, who else is on there? I'm missing someone, but for the life of me, I would, I'd never be able to tell you, uh, child, OC, whatever. But anyway, I, I, I don't know. I can't do it. Not only is it the, you know, she had an incident recently. She had a bachelorette party where she was wearing a hat and I think it said drunk wives matter. And it's like, you know, you're already someone who's like very happily, you know, kind of alt And so, you know, we should everybody have your opinions, whatever. But to openly mock a movement that is happening across this country where people are standing up for the persecution of African-Americans and minorities against the hands of authorities that are supposed to be protecting them. you, You know, that's kind of where we draw the line. You can't just sit there expect us to support you while you're mocking us in our face. And then this whole, well, no, I can't be racist. I'm Mexican girl. <laughs> you are as Mexican as Taco Bell. Get out of here. And then she tries to hide behind her. uh What's this guy's name? Rick Leventhal hide behind the fact that he's Jewish. Where is all this? Disc- I hate, it's like, you know, when people say, no, I can't be racist. My Butler's black. Girl, if you don't, if you and Mammy don't get out of here and get the hell out of my face, i like it, Kelly. It, it's a lot, and I can't tune in for the ignorance. And then, not only that, you have been the like the biggest anti-masker, and COVID is a hoax, and all this diff- different, dangerous rhetoric that you've been spewing across your huge fan base online. It is ridiculous especially for someone now who's been coughing up a storm every time you record a video online and stuff because your ass got it. I know what's going on, Kelly. You would never tell nobody, but I know what's going on. And then to sit there and think about that and then have to actually watch you live through the pandemic, I can't do it. So I wanted to put it out there because I know a lot of you are like, well, you're covering Potomac, you know, OC premiered, why aren't you covering that? I won't be doing it. I will probably be covering Salt Lake City as soon as they come out. I'm super excited about Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City has a couple of already like iconic housewives on it. That damn uh, Jen Shaw looks like she is about to be giving it to them left and right, right and left, up and And down, round and around, side to side. I'm here for it. So, Jen, Mary, uh, Whitney, Heather, uh, whoever the hell else on there, all the other Mormons, I'm ready for y'all. They should have let y'all premiere uh, this Wednesday instead of Orange County, because I'm not interested. The only OC I'm interested in is, ooh, I was about to say Orange Juice. That's OJ, Lord. Let me move on. It's late at night, and I'm sitting here recording this shit. Let me go on. And uh, and and put this out there because I've gotten delirious and I think I've covered all my bases, everything that I want to talk about. So now let's go ahead and dive into this episode. Let's get into the perspective of a first time Bachelorette watcher. Let's go ahead and do it. One of the reasons I was so intrigued to kind of watch this show is because I've been seeing all this kind of scuttlebutt online You know, when you follow one reality, you know, TV show, you tend to get a glimpse of them all. You know, if you watch Love and Hip Hop, you kind of tend to know what's happening with Basketball Wives and Black Ink Crew and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And The Bachelorette really kind of falls along with that Bravo kind of reality show. So somewhere out there, I had heard that there were going to be two Bachelorettes. Now, in my mind, I was thinking this is going to be like you know, I love New York. Where like New York and Sister Patterson was sitting there judging all the men. It was ultimately New York's decision, but they were both trying to pick, help pick and see. But apparently, we starting off with one, and then maybe we'll get another one later on. Listen, I don't make the news; I just report it. Shout out to Funky Dineva. <laughs> you know that's a Funky Dineva saying. Even though his opinion about Potomac lately has been absolutely ridiculous, I still love you, Funky Duniva. Anyway they show kind of this long, big preview at the beginning of the episode. And it has me intrigued. So I, I'm going to try to stick with The Bachelorette. Now, I might watch it a day late because, listen, I be forgetting stuff. So I just, you know, I got it ingrained in my mind. Okay, the Black Housewives usually come on on Sundays. Let me watch that. Usually a good HBO show is on Sunday too. So I watch all that. Mondays used to be uh, love and hip-hop. I don't know when they coming back. Maybe never. Mona Scott, you playing. But uh, And then, you know, football is on Monday, Thursdays, and Sundays. So, I'm trying to... Listen, I'm going to try to watch. Hopefully, uh, somebody online, y'all remind me. And I'll remember to watch OC. I mean, oh, Lord. What is happening? Not OC. I'll remember to watch The Bachelorette each week. Anyway, some somewhere during this big preview... Or maybe it's not the preview. It's the actual beginning of the episode they show claire that's the bachelorette's name now look that it's only by the grace of god that i remembered that because as i go through here i'm gonna have to give some of these people some some nicknames i was about to call claire miss tj max prom dress because of what she was wearing at that uh <laughs> to meet all 30 of them men i'm I'm so mad that they showed all 30 of them men too well i ain't that mad but we'll we'll get into that later anyway they show Claire on a beach and they have people <laughs> on a bridge screaming down to her. Good luck, Claire. We love you, Claire. I was like, th- I must have grabbed my stomach to laugh. This was like straight out of South Park. You know how South Park takes something and will like make the most ridiculous joke about it. That's how it felt. It was like, is this like real life? But like, Apparently, it probably was because I didn't know that like Bachelor Nation, The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, I didn't know it had such a ridiculous following. Like I didn't know people were obsessed with it like that. So, you know, I wouldn't I probably couldn't pick Claire out of a lineup if I saw her or any of these dudes that were on here. But, you know, maybe I could recognize the host, but he'd have to be like, you know, he had to come to Memphis. I'm not going nowhere where he at. You know, you got to come around here. maybe Nashville, you know, maybe I'll drive to oh, now, you know, Birmingham, you know, I like to go to Birmingham to eat Papa though. That's the only reason that we would be in the same place. And then maybe I'll recognize you then. But you know, apparently a lot of people like love these contestants and recognize them. So it must be like the feeling when I saw, if I see Portia Williams somewhere out there or, uh, Who's another one of my type? If I see Portia or Teresa or Bethany or something like that, you know, I'm like, oh, oh my God, look who it is. You know, maybe that's the feeling that they're getting. So I'm going to let that slide. It took up the hell out of me, but I'm going to let it slide. Okay. they were getting ready to do all of this. And then just like your life, just like my life, COVID-19 hit that ass, baby. It got off up in that ass. They had to quarantine and all the dudes were getting the uh the COVID test and Claire didn't think she was actually gonna be the Bachelorette anymore. She thought them people would go uh <laughs> would go uh, uh find a young you know, they, they talking me she the old bachelorette. They thought she would go find a young, uh twenty one year old bachelorette and replace her ass on the low. But he actually called her. He said, No, we're still doing this thing. Hurry up, come you know, come on, they got their testing, and then it was time to meet the man. Let me say this. It was almost unsettling how attractive everybody was, from Claire to the host to uh, all 3,000 of the men that got out them limos. My God, my God. Y'all couldn't throw one a buck tooth, knock-kneed bastard in there in the mix. You remember how, see, like, I don't know why, for some reason, this show, I keep hearkening to I Love New York and Flavor of Love. That's, like, my only, like... <laughs> that's my only, like, point of comparison for a dating show, isn't that sad? So it feels like, you know, on there, you know, they for every guy that looked like 12-pack Ooh, I'm really, I'm showing my age right now. But you know, you're an old motherfucker too if you listen to this and you know who 12-pack was on I Love New York. For every 12-pack, there was a midget Mac. You know, for every chance, there you know. (laughs) And it was just almost unsettling how attractive everybody that walked past her was. I was like, my God, my God. I don't know what's going on. Now, half of these people, Y'all going to have to, you just going to have to infer who I'm talking about because I don't know who I'm talking about. Remember, Claire was Miss TJ uh JC Penney prom dress because she had that glittery, uh, <laughs> that little glittery number on and she Whatever, Claire, do what you do. The first man that got out the car was Ben. Now, Ben came over there. He had some, he, let me tell you how, listen, quarantine has done a number on me, okay? Just like I'm sure it's done a number on a lot of y'all who were in the house, either alone or with family and not with your husband, your wife, uh, or your, uh, you know, your jump off or your girlfriend, your boyfriend, you know, you notice, you know, different things. We'll, we'll say that, you know, I'm trying to make a PG show. Y'all know damn well this ain't PG, but that's okay. I'm, you know, you notice different things. And I, for some reason, I just kept noticing how long a lot of these, Man's shoes were you know Ben got at that car looked like he had a you know a, a pair of 13s on he walked over there he was kind of looking like La Cienega Boulevard is but you know we we love La Cienega you know she swam faster than Mike Phelps because of them feet so I was here for it he got out with them shoes on we love to see it hey Ben we go through a couple different more men and then we get to Somebody got out pregnant. I want to say his name was Jason. I was about to say John, but then on my wall, I see John Wick. So I'm like, okay, let me not. That man's name was not John. I think it was Jason talking about labor of love. And I guess Claire, you know, see, this is the point where certain references are lost on me because I don't, you know, I guess Claire might have done that in the past, got out the car pregnant or whatever. I have no idea. I, actually, I think they did show a clip back, and that man was looking like, I know damn well y'all ain't got no pregnant woman up here. But <laughs> he got out the car pregnant, and I guess that was, a, you know, a wonderful. You know, maybe it's like a flashback for us Housewives fans. You know, you get uh, those OG flashbacks from season one, season two, when they're already in, like, season 15. That's the best Stuff in the world, so I'm guessing it's like that. You know, it's kind of the the bonus for being a long time fan of a show. So I guess if you've been with Bachelorette Nation or Bachelor Nation for a long time, then that was kind of your uh your, your uh Ramona and Bethany walking across the bridge and Ramona telling Bethany how she's gonna be alone forever and no man will ever love her. That was your moment right there. So never will I cast your love asunder. The next man that I noted was Ivan. Now Ivan was so beautiful that it almost made my stomach hurt. Ivan is what I like to refer to as Blasian. Now you know that's when you black, you Asian, you mix together. I all I have always said that Blasian. People are the most beautiful people on the planet. Hell, Issa Rae told y'all that black women and Asian men just need to get together and uh, form a commune and just have the world's most beautiful children together because people act like they don't want our asses in no way. So black men, black women, Asian men, Asian women, let's just uh, go form a new planet called uh, Comptopia or (laughs) why did I go to Compton immediately? Let me stop. Memphikio. there we go memphis and tokyo put together Memphikio. and we'll get uh all the blazing children out there so you know it'll it'll it... i'ma i'ma work through that premise that premise isn't isn't quite there yet i'ma work through it though at some point we go figure out oh that might be a good tv show though where only black and asian people are somewhere in that oh focus kendrick focus y'all know have to tell myself to focus Every single episode. Focus, Kendrick. Okay. I was about to write a book. Y'all know I'm an author, too. I was about to write a whole book just then about black women and Asian men going off somewhere, creating, like, this Westworld-style community. Ooh, see, let me not give y'all all my ideas. That's going to be a best-selling book one day. Y'all reach out for it. It's going to be called uh, uh Tokyo in the Hood, a love story. <laughs> it's actually going to be a screenplay. There we go. Anyway... Now, we get to see another guy who I don't know why, but he gives me Joanne the scammer vibes. We meet Tyler C now when people have bone structures that sharp, you know they're a scammer they either oh i was I was about to say somebody and Wendy Osefo was gonna get me. let me not do that, but I just felt like he you know he was driving that station wagon, of course, and it it, it made. Yeah, it made for, you know, good TV. But then I was wondering, is that, is that really your car? Because, you know, you you giving me scammer vibes, and you might be on this show just for a come-up. So, I, you know, I, well, I said I was going to keep my eye on him, but dude, I ain't got to worry about that. Claire booted his ass out the door so goddamn hard that, you know, <laughs> that we, we ain't got to worry about him no more. But then after he got out that broke-down, tow-up-ass station wagon, Harvard came along. Now, I don't know Harvard's real name, but he had on a, a ascot and a, a, a coat, and he he was driving a Rolls Royce. And look, Harvard came from Harvard to drive there. I don't I don't know if they had that man in quarantine or what, but I think he just drove on set and they just let him on. Y'all need to be checking these people. That's why uh, Claire ass probably got COVID right now because y'all let Harvard up in there and didn't check him. Now, see, ABC, I'd be suing y'all asses right now. But I'm not going to say that because, you know, you never know who might hire you one day. Y'all might want me to be a commentator on something. You might want me to moderate one of them damn debates. I can do better than uh, that first man did. They was walking all over his ass. Don't worry. I'm not going to highlight all 30. There was just a few that kind of stuck out. And I believe they were the ones that really got highlighted because they actually played a role in the episode. So the next one. I was a little, you know, obviously I said that there were so many attractive people that it was almost off-putting, I, but I was kind of disappointed because, you know, there was nobody with a beard, and then finally our bearded man came along, and his name, see, I remember his name, his name was Blake. Blake came in there and he works with wildlife. Now, see, that's what I'm talking about right there. Blake with the wildlife. You keep them bears in the forest, but just make sure that you growling when you get to the house, okay? <laughs> all right. Then we get to Easy. Now, Easy was corny as hell, but he's one of those dudes that's like corny in a hilarious way. You know that like he's not funny all the time, but every now and then he, you know, hits one of them jokes and it kind of, you know, that's one of them jo- one of them knee slappers. You know, you have you hear that slap knee, just like that, you know, you kind of slap the knee every now and then he, you know, his, listen again, quarantine, his feet were kind of long too. And you know, he, (laughs) he came in, you know, that, uh, no, it wasn't him right after him, the man came in. With the straight jacket. I thought it was easy to have the straight jacket on, but I think easy just had on the suit coat. He was like, Look, I ain't doing all this damn theatrical shit with y'all. But a white dude came in, I think, with a straight jacket on. Now, see, I would have been impressed. If he had started rapping Nicki Minaj. Because, you know, Nicki Minaj used to always wear them straight jackets back in the day. You know, pull up in a monster automobile gangster with a bad bitch that came from Sri Lanka. You know, then that, that would have impressed me. You just came in acting a damn fool. You know, it's Friday the 13th and guess who's playing tonight You know, you, I, listen, I'm more of a Cardi B tina snow you know making a stag you know city girl i want a slim five you know that that's more my kind of brand of female rap but you know i i digress he still should have rapped nikki you know she is not jasmine she's aladdin and i would have been much more impressed but hey you took the time to go to costume city and get that uh that straight jacket for his ass so you know i'm a i'm gonna give you your props and plus, it seems like Claire didn't give none of y'all asses no props this season, since she only gonna be on there for two damn episodes. Now I don't know if that's true. I'm just lying probably, but we we gonna stick with it and see what happened. They told, I'm still gagging over there. Preview that man said I would expect more from the oldest bachelorette. Now if that wasn't a read, I don't know what it is. Now Claire shoulda can't see. I told y'all before, if I wasn't doing what I do now and I wasn't a Hollywood fixer, I would be a reed writer. I would go around to all the, the reality shows and write reeds and write shade for Because see, Hannah, ooh, not Hannah. What? Why do I keep wanting to call this woman Hannah? I, what is her name? Claire. Miss Miss Maxi Dress. If, if you know, Miss Maxi Dress, he said that and she started crying. And it's like, oh. Oh, um, Miss Maxi dress. You could have just came back with some, you know, them, <laughs> I'm not even going to give you nothing because now your moment is past. You know, I already found your man. You gone on about your business. So we, you know, uh, maybe next time, Claire, if, if this don't work out with whatever, whatever man you picked and got in a relationship with, if it don't work out then you come back, I'll write you some reads and you'll be good. After him comes my God, my God. Mr. Dale. Now just when I thought these people couldn't get any more attractive, Dale gets his ass up out that limo. Let me tell you something. Claire lost her breath like Destiny's Child. Claire, I would have lost mine too. Look, I'd be ready <laughs> I you know when she when they brought him out, I was like, okay I get it. If you only on here for half the season or, or three episodes, I'm not mad at you. Take Dale and run. Get your go to a country that ain't got no extradition. Stay your ass there with Dale. Don't worry about COVID. We the only place that still got it. Keep your ass there. I don't look Dale. If you listen to this, I can cook. Clean, wash dishes. Uh, I, I can buy homecoming dresses just like Claire can. I can cook neck bones, oxtails, rib tips, Boston butt, macaroni and cheese, lasagna, twice baked potatoes. I got you. Look, green beans with the bacon in it, cabbage greens, you know, whatever your vegetable preference is. Yams, you know, little candy yams. So, you know, I, 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 whatever it is that you, you know, your fancy. I got you. I understand why you got that, uh, what's it called? A first impression rose. You, you you made a good first impression. All you did was just be born. That's how you do it. I'm not mad at you, Dale. My God, my God, my God, my God. So let's fast forward because nobody else was interested. Let's get to the climax of the episode. We get to the point where the dude that I said was a fake and a fraud got his ass over there and called somebody else a fake and a fraud he brings the guy, oh, what's his name? I, the, I called him Joseph, but I think it's Joseph. You know, people, it's like uh, Tanya on Atlanta Housewives. She wants us to call her Tanya. Your name Tanya, I'm calling you Tanya. I love you, but I'm calling you Tanya. I, my mama didn't teach me how to pronounce Tanya. So I'm calling you Tanya. Joseph, I'm calling you Joseph. I don't know if that's your real name, but we go go with it because I, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not playing the radio with you today, okay? So Tyler C, the one with the Joanna scammer and the cheekbones, and he gets out there and he tells the dude. Now I know you've been sending dick pics and uh and slinky whistles and all kind of stuff to all these women across Instagram. You nasty. You uh, uh uh you've been sending out all these mass messages and uh what I mean <laughs> and he making a big deal about it. What the hell else are you supposed to do during quarantine? We've been sitting up here listening to DJ Nice ass for months now i'm tired of dj nice that man all he wanted to do was rub on some booty and mind his business why you couldn't let him do that you gotta go up there and 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 cause the theatrics now everybody wondering what's going on you cause a scene and then yosef ends up getting back at your ass though because he tells claire and then claire sends your ass home because of it Ooh, it's a lot look bachelor nation that's all i got for y'all Y'all, them two hours took a lot out of me, but I'm going a, I'm to a keep watching. Now, somebody got to let me know. Y'all got to slide in the DMs or the email message or something. Is it two hours long every week? If it is, my God, my God. I don't know how long I'm going to be there, but I'm going to try to stick with it. But I'm going to go ahead and transition over to Potomac because Bachelor Nation, my throat hurt after all that. God damn. Now, by now, you guys know that I don't typically cover the housewives the same way that other people do. By the time my episodes come out, it seems redundant to just give you a basic recap. I like to talk about it from a different level, you know, a different perspective. You know, it's not often that you get young black men talking about the housewives. So, why not talk about it from my perspective that you wouldn't get necessarily from, you know, a white woman? who you would expect the audience to be. Does that make sense? So let's kind of break Potomac down in sections. The first section I really kind of want to talk about is there was a lot of moments I had during this episode that were just like, wow, that is a lot of pride that I as a black person can take in this. So let's talk about the first moment. The first moment comes it's always really quick. Wendy drops these nuggets on these episodes that are always so memorable in my mind, and I all I just love it because as a black person, as someone too that's like trying to break generational curses and all this stuff, it's I love it. I'm a Dr. Wendy fan. I don't give a damn what nobody say. Dr. Wendy, I'm here for you. Her. Ooh, Lord, it's, it's getting hot in here. Y'all know I'm from Memphis. Hey, you know you gotta excuse me at this point. I'm not taking etiquette classes because y'all say y'all like the country voice. I don't think I'm country. I'm just a wee, a wee bit ghetto. That's all. Anyway, Wendy says, and I quote: She's you know she's giving a speech to a room full of uh, people who. I'm not sure what kind of event it was. They showed it so quick. You know, Bravo always like, gives her a little nugget and then they go on until they like actually come to her scene. She tells the audience, you don't have to be a voice for the voiceless. You just pass the microphone because my job is not to speak for them, but to curate and create a space for them to speak for themselves. Now, if that's not a nugget you can take with you to the grave, I don't know what is. Uh, damn everybody that don't like Dr. Wendy. Dr. Wendy is iconic on TV. When she gets their asses together on CNN and MSNBC, and, and when she sits on this show and drops all of the stuff, that is the definition of being an empowering woman. And you, hey, are she more empowering a lot of these men? All these scamming ass preachers out here. No, I'm not talking about Jamal. You see that? Y'all messy. You didn't say nothing, but I can hear it in your voices. Y'all messy as hell. I was not talking about Jamal Bryant just then. Let me move on. I just, I love stuff like that. I love when we get those kind of little nuggets of showing just like, you know, I, I don't know. It's something about, especially black women with four degree, my God. And to find out that her and her sister, we're gonna to get to her and her sister later on, but let we might as well just go ahead because that was one of my one of my uh three moments. Finding out that Wendy and her sister are both doctors, if that isn't enough to make a parent proud, I don't know what is. The fact that you have one daughter who's a PhD and another doctor who's an MD, that is insane in my book. I can't I can barely even fathom that. I don't even know. I think I know one person actually like through all my years of school who actually went on to be a doctor. Like the rest of us just went to college and we were like, Oh, biology are kind of hard. Like, no, <laughs> let me go see what the English department talking about. I, I like to read, you know, I'm not going, you know, chemistry one-on-one. What is the, know? So, you know, finding out that actually you have two of them with degrees, that's kind of iconic. It must be nice to be able to hold your head so high when you talk to other people about your children. Now, see, that's probably why Wendy's so damn nervous to tell her mother that she don't want to be a a, a professor anymore because now she can't go around telling everybody, oh, yeah, she works at Johns Hopkins, one of the, the best universities in America. You know, she can't do all that no more, so she probably, Wendy, I'd be nervous too, hell. The last moment that was kind of like super empowering that I want to talk about was Karen telling the ladies that, they her family now owns the plantation that her people were enslaved on just just listen to it again her family now owns the plantation that her ancestors her black ancestors were slaves on that, that that's how you dismantle all of the bullshit <laughs> that has happened in American history that like hearing that and hearing about, you know, we don't get to see much of Karen's personal life on this show. She's done a very good job of really kind of being not the most open about stuff that she's going through about her past. You know, we all really know about Karen is that, you know, her and Ray are having a little bit of issues this season because there's a bit of a power shift in the house. We know that her parents unfortunately have passed and, that, I, mm, I think that's it. I don't really know what else we've, you know, learned about Karen over the past five years, honestly. But, you know, it's always good to see those kind of little nuggets because I, I love that moment. That was amazing. So, I, you know, I... Yeah. I was about to, <laughs> I had to catch myself. I was about to kind of go in on Karen, but I know y'all love y'all some Karen Huger. So le- let me leave that nice old lady alone, okay? The next thing I kind of want to touch on is this Ashley, not Ashley, oh Lord, what's the, Candace and Karen kind of friendship dynamic. So this kind of comes up a few times in the episode. So Robin goes over to Candace's house. You know, she serves her fruit. They had like five pieces of fruit a piece on their plate. Now, I hate going somewhere and leaving hungry, but this ain't about my fat ass. This is about them. They talk about, you know, Monique not feeling remorseful at the thing, and that brings Candace to tears. You know, that pond I always say Ponderosa. That, for all my true reality TV show fans, I always hearken to other reality TV shows all the time. And that, I always... When I think Ponderosa, I always think about Jackie Christie on Basketball Wives. And so, when they had the little Ponderosa... For Monique, the outcome was her saying that she wasn't remorseful. Candace gets teary eyed because she can't really, you know, believe that someone was able to put their hands on her and they not feel remorseful. And it kind of makes everybody wonder, well, what was the purpose of that meeting? You know, so uh, Candace then reveals, which is what I want to talk about, the fact that Karen told her that if it was her, she would have pressed charges. Now, see, this comes up later in the episode where Karen actually admits to the other women that, yeah, I told her that I would have pressed charges. I would have done it that day. But, you know, I don't know if Monique knows this, but I'm going to double check with her just to make sure. Now, see, that's a bit strange to me because Karen was kind of drinking the juice at their Ponderosa. You know, they say that she wasn't holding Monique accountable and a lot of people online were like, she said it verbatim. You know, I can't ride with you with you on this one, Monique, you know, all like that. But I understand what they were saying. It seemed like Karen was ready to kind of buy all the excuses that Monique was given at the Ponderosa. And so it didn't necessarily seem genuine. It seemed like she knew that the Green Eyed Bandits and Wendy and Candace were all against her. So, it seemed like she wanted to be in her corner no matter what. So, like, you know, Monique was like, I blacked out. And Karen's like, oh, yeah, because, you know, I can see it in your eyes. I was like, my friend's not there. You know, it's all just kind of convenient. So, to hear, to think about all of that and to hear that Karen says that she would press charges, that's, I'm anxious to see how that plays out this season. Because if I were Monique, I would... You know, that'd be a bit offensive to me. At some point during that little, uh, that mini Ponderosa (laughs) at Candace's house, they end up getting on the subject of Robin's taxes. So at this point last year, the news kind of broke that I think Robin owed like $90,000 in taxes, which I was, you know, I think I took different... I think everyone else was like, oh my gosh, she's not paying her taxes. I was like, oh shit! Robin Dixon has made a lot of money to old ninety. Th-. You know, I was I was like the Karen Huger. You know, she was like, well, you got to make money to owe money. I was feeling, I was like, oh shit! Robin been making a little bank. Now she been hiding a little bit of the income, but that's okay. Look, we all have money, Robin. It's okay. You know, whether you put it uh, under the mattress or in a shoebox or. Uh, stuff it between your titties like the old women do in the black community. You know you know what I'm talking about. Or oh, you had it in the collection plate. No, I'm not talking about Jamal Bryant. See, y'all messy. Y'all are real, real messy. Y'all keep bringing up that man and I ain't saying nothing about Jamal Bryant. I'm trying to sit here and be simple. I like Giselle, okay? Quit bringing up Jamal, you messy halfers. Like most Potomac episodes, there was a lot of hilarity to unpack throughout this episode. I was going to talk about some bigger scenes, but one of the, the smaller moments that cracked me the hell up and lets me know that we're the butt of the joke is Ashley saying that she was going to stick a tracker up Michael's ass to make sure that he's doing the right thing while she's out of town. Now, see that? And then she said, because <clears throat> <laughs> that was a sound she made. <clears throat> she said it was going to slide right up there. Now, see, that's how I know Y'all, um, we, we're the ass of the joke because you two, I know y'all have an arrangement of some kind. Y'all are sitting there laughing at us, knowing that this man is constantly being accused of being gay and uh, being a married man who's constantly cheating. Michael has had every rumor in the book thrown at him, and now y'all are just laughing about it. That's hilarious as hell, but y'all, uh-huh, where there's smoke, there's fire. We then get to meet tatiana and dylan now i knew i figured the one that you know the dixons were freaky as hell but we got a little glimpse into their uh their bedroom life robin showed up to uh some restaurant that juan was at trying to watch a football game and showed up in a long black uh wednesday adams wig (laughs) and uh in a coat that she got from uh what is it from Listen, Robin still, she left a tag on that coat because she was like, "Okay, now look, this is for a scene on a reality TV show. I'm not wearing this coat nowhere in my real life. As soon as I'm done with this scene, I'm taking this itchy, hot shit off (laughs) and I'm taking it back to Ross or Kato's or TJ Maxx or Marshall's or Macy's or Dillard's or wherever the hell she got that itchy shit from. Robin, I don't blame you. I, I would have took it right back. Get, it, she, get that shit to Lisa Vanderpump. She'll uh, uh, shave that hairy coat and put it on some of them dogs. You know, she like to rescue dogs, and maybe she can make a little uh, blanket for them to cover up, you know, all the one. you know, like uh, in case you got one of them, them bald-headed cats like Rachel did on Friends, she can use it as a blanket to keep them up warm. But anyway, we meet Tatiana and Dylan. They're having this, you know, uh, a little role playing fantasy and act it out. They even get the bartender involved. The bartender like, look, don't bring me in this shit. I'm just trying to make these little ass tips y'all about to give me <laughs> and go on about my business. Don't bring me into your bedroom. I know that's right. It was all shits and giggles at first until the tax walls came up. And then, but, you know, we got to see Juan Dixon being really supportive. He, you know, he first said, you know, that's your fault. You know, you didn't do what you are supposed to do. You know, and Robin's like, I know. She owned up to it. But then he, he basically supported her the rest of the time. You know, we'll get through it. It'll be okay. And, you know, all I got to say, just do what you got to do. It goes along with this season's theme of the Dixons really being there for each other and kind of being, you know, in a much different place than we've seen them in the past. You know, Ashley was very involved in their relationship once upon a time and was putting out every rumor and uh, everything that she could about those people and basically just ruining, you know, any kind of chance they had of getting back together. But now they've come full circle. They are madly in love again. And guess what? I love to see it. I love to see it. I've been rooting for the Dixons since season one. So I'm glad we about to get this proposal this season. Uh, Robin, I want to be a flower girl at the wedding. I tell you every week, if I can't be a flower girl, let me officiate or something. Unless the pastor can't cuss, then I'm probably not the one you want to hire. Because uh, that marriage gets sent straight to hell, messing with me. But I still want to get invited to the wedding. So... Let's move on to talk about Karen and this ghetto-ass parade. What was hilarious was that Karen shaded the hell out of Giselle, saying that, you know, you want to be the word on the street in Surrey or Siri or uh, sipping on some scissor, wherever the hell Karen from. You want to be the word on the street here, but you couldn't even be the word on the street in New Orleans. The gag was, it was about the same amount of people at both of them parades. It was about 13 people there. So I mean y'all <laughs> y'all whether y'all like it or not y'all cut from the same cloth y'all both uh going through these country ass streets with uh nobody but the, the 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 trash men and the uh the journeymen and whoever else actually work on the street to get the uh, to better the community them not the people that's out there actually at the damn parade so You know what? Ashley was funny as hell during the scene though, because she was like, "Oh wait, is this the parade, child? I guess so." Ashley, your guess is as good as mine. (laughs) I think that uh, is that Karen. Yeah, there she go riding down the street. Do that lady got on blue? Yeah, that's her in a a periwinkle uh, coat. Yep, that's that's Karen. I think the parade has started. It actually, I applauded Giselle because she actually gave Karen credit which leads me to believe that those two are actually friends. I think they enjoy this public frenemyship that they have going. And I think that they just have an agreement to shade the hell out of each other at every opportunity they get. And then just go on about their business. Now the thing is, Giselle left Karen's ass hanging because Karen is a bit obsessed with Giselle and, uh, shading her and Giselle rarely ever thinks about Karen. So it gets a wee bit awkward, but I'll let y'all, you know, y'all just work on y'all friendship contract for next season and y'all will get it uh, figured out. That man rolled by and hit Ashley in the head with that damn milk dud. Now that made me holler. It was a few episodes during this month, <laughs> a few moments during this episode that made me holler. And that was one of, he said, did you just get hit in the head with a milk dud? And did. And did, I sure damn did, hell. Before I go on to the last moment of the episode, which is just one of the things I really want to highlight, I wanted to just kind of throw in there that we get that scene where Candace and Dorothy, Mama Dorothy, go uh, puppy shopping. They're thinking about adopting. And the only reason I want to bring this up is because it felt like we kind of see where the decision to press charges came from. I think that had it been just Candace... She probably would have been like, you know what, uh, at some point she's going to have to, you know, work on her life and figure it out. And, you know, maybe we'll move past this. It seems like Candace really takes the advice of her elders because both Karen and Dorothy advised getting the courts involved. And sure enough, Candace was like, you know what, that's what I'm going to do. I just want to throw it out there because I think we're going to see that progress a little bit more as the season plays on. So keep that in the back of your minds. She's been influenced by a couple of different people all older than her to press charges. Now, would I press charges? No, I'm a wee bit ghetto. You know that from listening to this now. But I probably wouldn't have, but I definitely don't blame anyone for pressing charges when you don't feel as if you can be safe in your work environment anymore. So, you know, cause we often forget that these housewives are coworkers. A lot of times these people aren't even really friends, but they are coworkers. They should be able to show up and feel safe. So, but it leads me to that last scene, because I think this was the moment that we had all kind of been, well, not everyone that some of us have been waiting on all season is Monique, talking to her pastor and taking ownership of her actions. Now, just when I thought, you know, we had that scene with Karen in the, in the church and I thought the episode was going on after that. But right then Monique ass popped up on screen. I said, Ooh, I, I forgot Monique was on this damn show. Now see Monique. I think they're about to aviva your ass. I think they about to slightly kind of edit you out this season and just have you as a, a, a background player because I forgot you was on this damn show. Them people didn't show you until the last thirteen point eight seconds of the episode, and then cut off and went to commercial. They had your pastor come. You know, you and Chris had your little conversation beforehand, and then your past your pastor just walked up in your house. Now I don't know if that's something that. You know pastors do But if my pastor You got to ring my damn doorbell Don't just be walking in my damn house You liable to get shot You don't know what the hell going on up in here Or you liable to, to uh, see some stuff swinging Or you see some stuff jiggling That you don't want to see You're supposed to be a man of God you walking up in people's house unannounced Just walking up Monique was surprised She turned around Oh hey pastor Hey first lady Yeah you surprised Because them people just walking up in your damn house That's Listen Focus Kendrick that's the issue for another day. I'm gonna let it alone, y'all. If y'all, if you know, if you, if that's how people in the church get down, then that's how y'all get down. You let them people walk up in your house, you might get shot messing with mine. My, my sister got all kind of guns, you know. That's <laughs> this is, you know, the, the, this ain't that. Don't worry, they're all licensed. They're all hers. They, but she bought them all, and she took the classes, you know. But pastor, you can't walk up in my house anyway. The pastor comes and they start having this conversation. And a lot of the stuff that the pastor says really, really hit home with Monique. And it can probably hit home with a lot of you and your personal lives too. He started saying stuff like, uh, "He t- well, let's go back. Monique started it off and she kind of started off by blaming Candace. She said that she was starting to see a lot of her flaws show talking about like how combative Candace was and all this kind of stuff. And the pastor immediately rebuts with, well, our friends are a mirror reflection of ourselves. And I, Ooh, now see Monique has had to, according to the pastor has had to prove herself since she was a child. Her whole life has been about uh, getting the approval of others, which I think if you've watched this show since Monique entered, I think you would kind of know that's true. I think Monique kind of wants everyone to feel that, you know, she's the one that's got it together. She's the one with the four homes, you know. She's the one that's really kind of... uh you know, the one that you should aspire to be. Cause you know, I used to say that Monique was the ideal housewife. You know, she was the one that didn't have a nine to five job. She was the one that had, you know, a successful husband. She was a pleasant person. She uh, had her opinion. She stuck to him and she wasn't afraid to go up against, you know, the big bats on the show. But now it's kind of seeming like all this is really kind of coming back on her. So the pastor says that he, you know, well, back up. He's, you know, he says that your Potomac friends aren't impressed with your perfection and that it's caused disdain. I have always said, whether you know it's in the past or it's right now in season five, there is a clear hierarchy in Potomac. And despite what any anybody, anybody might think, you know, some people might say, oh, uh-uh, you know, Karen doesn't give in to that. She's her own person. Or, you know, Monique doesn't care about being like, I think it is a human response to want to be liked by others. You know, we all, we've kind of created this culture where everybody says, oh, zero zero fucks given about everything. But I think it's inherent that we want to be liked by people. And so with there being such a hierarchy in Potomac, I think that everyone on this show, yes, everyone, so take this how you want to. I think everybody wants to be in the cool girl gang with Giselle and Robin. So it, it, I think, oof, I'm going to relate this to something that, you know, y- y'all, this might come out of left field for y'all, but I relate this to Tammy on Basketball Wives. The reason her and Evelyn have never gotten along, Evelyn has never seen it for Tammy Tammy is the, I mean, you know, uh, Evelyn is the it girl on Basketball Wives. She's the one that, you know, she was the the beautiful one that uh, all the men wanted. And, you know, she was the cool girl. She had the, you know, the fashions that everybody was talking about, all this different stuff. Whatever you constitute as the cool girl, she was that. Tammy was never able to break into that clique, which I think. Really kind of explains why they've had such a nasty relationship over the past years. And if I had to relate Tammy to anybody, honestly, it would be Karen more so than Monique. Because I think that once Karen saw that Robin and Giselle were so close and that she wasn't going to be in that little clique either, she kind of went the other route too and was like, Well, I'm not, I'm okay with opposing y'all as opposed to being with y'all. Monique finally, you know, kind of agrees to everything the pastor's saying It's breaking her down. And then she says the words that I've been wanting her to say since all this happened, which is, you know, she agreed to it. And she says, I need to kind of make this right with Candace because she didn't deserve that. Now, had this happened at that Ponderosa at Karen's house, who knows how this season might have gone. But now it looks like, you know, we'll never know how it's going to go because Candace about to sue that ass. And (laughs) and then, you know, it all goes to hell from there. So we'll see. But it was really kind of interesting that we actually got to hear her say that. But it's also strange because it kind of contradicts everything we've seen in the actual our real lives. You know, we've seen Monique, you know, really kind of not take the blood, you know, not take her part in this. She really kind of blamed Candace for everything. She's kind of put it off on uh, Giselle for saying that, you know, something about the trainer and the kids. You know, it's been everybody's fault but hers. So I, as a fan, needed Monique to take accountability. I'm glad she did, but it looks like it was short-lived because, because y'all Potomac women are tiring online. I said it every week, yet I still follow y'all and I still read all the tweets because y'all asses are funny. Y'all, that's all I got for you. I I, I hope you enjoyed every minute of, the, every minute of this. I I'm, I promise you, I'm going to try to stick with The Bachelor. You know, I want to give y'all a lot of, you know, different stuff in these Housewives roundups. I was hoping I could have gave y'all OC in Potomac and then maybe The Bachelorette could have just been its own thing. But I can't do I can't do OC. They'll have to, you know, do it alone. So I, I can't do it with you. Um... You guys know what I'm going to say. Reach out to me. Send me an email at housewivesmarvelpodcast at gmail.com. Or follow me on Instagram. Join the crowd. We have such a good time on there. We throw so much shade, but it's never mean. No mean shade. We do a lot of laughing. We make all the best memes, everything. Follow me on there on Instagram at housewivesmarvelpodcast. And I'll see you there. See ya.